Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're back. Well, I'm back. The boys have been holding down the fort for me. My name is Farhad, and I'm the host who loves you most. We're back on the Turian Giants podcast. I have Sam with me. What up, what up? What's up, buddy? And today's special guest, as we promised yesterday, is Maurizio. No introduction needed because everybody knows this guy, the Juve legend. Uh, uh, welcome, Maurizio. Thank you for joining us, buddy. Recurring guest. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot, and uh, hello everybody from Turin. Hello, hello. You, you're actually the first podcast he appeared on was the back then Juventus podcast, which was like episode number thirty. And today is episode number. I should have looked that up. Actually, I have no idea what number episode it is. One sixty two, bro. One sixty two. There you go, Sam. Sam. Sam's been doing awesome. I want to thank him hello. publicly. For uh, ho- like I said, holding down the fort. I've been was- holding down the fort while uh, while you wait for us to get a good result, so you could just jump back in. And, <laughs> and, 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 uh, hey, I hear look, you talking shit, <laughs> Maurizio. I don't know if you've been listening. So Farhad took a little bit of time off, and and when we beat Inter in the Copa, he finally decided. You know what? I think I want to yeah, come on this yeah, week. Yeah, it's, it's marketing. Yeah, so he had we haven't recorded for two weeks, and uh, we we haven't recorded since the Porto since the Porto loss, and. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I guess. I guess we were all hoping that things would be a little bit better by the, by the time we we decided to record again. Maybe there'd be a little bit of positive news. And here we are, um, Tuesday, Tuesday the second uh, of March, playing Spezia later today. But off the back of another another draw to Hellas Verona, uh, I guess Far Farhad Far realized that this is the team we have. And uh, if he waits around for us to get in, get into consistent good form, then he's going to be waiting around and he's never going to be coming back on the podcast. No, but honestly, you know, I, I always ask Maritza to join us and he just happens to be available and like, we can't pass up this opportunity. Um, Maritza, uh, I know, I know I said that you don't need an introduction, but there are people who are listening to us who are maybe new fans. Um, could you tell us about your organization around Turin and all that you do? We'll take about a few minutes for you to promote everything that you have going on, because even during yeah. even during the pandemic, you've stayed busy, and we really, really appreciate it as UF fans who love traveling to Turin to watch the games. Um, tell us, tell us anything new in the world of around Turin. Sure, Farah. Just a very quick uh, uh, recap about around Turin. I started in 2013 to build this international community of Juventus fans. Uh, um, it's a project uh, born out of passion, the passion I have for, uh, for Juventus, of course. Uh, sorry, my daughter is uh, passing by. <laughs> it's okay, we, 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 can't, we can't hear her. Uh, just because we could see her doesn't mean we could hear and, uh, her. Listeners yeah, can't hear com- her. The, the community grew a lot. Uh, now it's, it's more than 2 million people from more than 150 Jeez. countries. And uh, as you know very well, uh, uh, I organize a lot of events for the fans that are coming to Turin. So uh, it was a natural step uh, in 2016 to actually become a former company because I was having uh, some uh, uh, sponsor that wanted to be promoted to my huge network. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a first step. It was a big change uh, indeed. Uh, but the big step actually was done in September 2020 in the middle of the pandemic because I actually officially became a travel agency as well. Uh, probably yeah, the only one opening a travel agency in, uh, during the pandemic period. But basically, this will allow me to... <laughs> I think that's the first this. travel agency yeah. that opened. The guy who was doing your paperwork was like, really? Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know, but Farah, you know very well, this will help of me to, uh, to widen even more the offer and the services I can provide to the, the fast traveling. And then I want to spend just one more minute on an initiative I've done... Uh, uh, in the last month, because uh, I said, uh, but now for some time, the people will not come to Turin. So I had to think about something else. And I launched uh, a kind of a membership club for the around Turin, uh, for, for them to stay even closer to Turin and to Italy. So I, I, I made personally a very nice uh, digital book about Turin. It's uh, 159 pages, beautiful wow. pictures, telling yeah. about the story of the city. And uh, that's something that I, I try to launch, and uh, it's, it's working pretty well. So 
if anyone is listening and want to join the club, it's a, it's a little economical effort, but uh, you will get a lot because uh, not only this digital book, which is beautiful, but also discount when you come to Turin and the possibility to participate to nice events. Probably you remember the meeting I had with Marquise and Buffon. There will be more like this in the future and, uh, and this will be a special uh, peak for, uh, uh, for the members, for sure. Fantastic. I, I love that you kind of began it during the pandemic. So now that a lot of people know the, the word, the, you did the job about spreading the word, but now that actually people will start traveling back to Turin and hopefully we'll be back soon. Uh, they'll take full advantage of the, um, of the opportunities. I love it. I, I, saw, I saw the booklet. It's literally, um, I don't know if there's anyone who has done more to promote the, the city of Turin better than Maurizio. And, and you, you can see that this love comes, comes from the heart, love for the city. Sam, what, you wanted to add something. Yeah, I, I just wanted to chime in a second here because I actually used, I don't know, I don't know if the proper way of framing this is that I used Maurizio's service, but I, 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 I guess I used him as a resource actually myself from, so from personal experience before I was even involved in, 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 in the, this pod or, or anything really. The only thing I had going for me was that I was a fan of, of Juve from when I was a kid and I had had the pod, I had had the cultural podcast for a couple of months. I, I really just, I, I really just wanted to, um, get the best experience I could out of uh, my visit to the city of Torino uh, when I went to um, when I went to a match two and a half years ago. So I actually went to, I actually went to Cristiano's first game uh, in Turin at, uh, at J stadium. Mm -hmm. And because I'd heard Maurizio on the podcast, I, I, I'd known to, I'd known to reach out to him because I, I figured it would be cool to kind of get a bit of it. So I was going alone. Uh, I was, I had visited some family and, I was going to meet up with some friends a few days later, but I was going up to Torino by myself to watch the game. Um, so I figured it could be cool to, you know, meet up with a bunch of fans, um, you know, with, with, with the same community of interest. So I actually did reach out to Maurizio. He, he gave me a whole, a whole kind of program for the match, uh, for the match weekend, um, kind of had a plan of where it was that he would be taking people. I think he had like, a few dozen people actually that weekend oh. that he was taken to a pizzeria. So a super cool thing. I actually, cause I'm a joke of a human being. I, I, I didn't actually attend. I, 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 I think I, I think I was late coming up from Abruzzo or something. So I, I, I didn't, I didn't wind up going, but I wish I had. And it looked like it was a super well-organized event that he had, that he had, that he had going. And again, this is going on on a, on a very, yeah. frequent basis. so I definitely encourage anyone. Cause there are, a lot of listeners outside of the city of Torino who listen to this podcast, anyone who does go to the city should reach out to Maurizio to, you know, facilitate, facilitate your, 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 how do, your, how do your, people get in contact with you? Yeah, that's, uh, that, I mean, what you, what you explain is exactly what is happening. Yes. But normally they, they get in touch with me via social media or via WhatsApp because my number is basically everywhere. And exactly like Sam said, many are traveling uh, either alone or in a couple with a friend or with a girlfriend. And, uh, and sometimes they feel a little bit alone in the city. So they join and they, they meet other people from all over the world and they, uh, they become part of a, a bigger family and the best part of uh, social media, which is actually, I mean, th there are a lot of negative things about social media, but there, there are also some positive things. And this is one of them because uh, through social media, then these people stay in touch, they connect, they, they become friends and uh, maybe they come back together to Turin for another game. So that's really what... Uh, I'm proud of. I made, uh, I made, uh, you know, many friendships around the world, and uh, and it's growing and growing. Absolutely. And if I were to come back, I I, I would I would 100% do it again because again, I was actually very upset that I didn't get to, that I didn't get to meet you in person then. I'm very I'm very honored. But to now I now, remember but, about yeah. a guy from Abruzzo that didn't make it time. I think I remember <laughs> now. Are you, are you serious? <laughs> no, no, I really I have a good memory about this. Well, yeah, that, 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 that was me by way of Montreal. I was visiting family coming up and I, uh, and I, yeah, my, my, my French, uh, I think I had to take another Because Abruzzo is also the region of my father. That's why. Okay. Well, oh, look at that. Well, yeah. So we, we have that in common, but yeah, no, I had a, my, my Frecha was late coming up and I, I had to just kind of, I had to just check into my Airbnb and bustle right down. And I was, and I was pissed. And again, I, if I, if I ever, if, and when I do come back, I fully intend on, on taking advantage of, of the community you've got going on because, uh, because it's, because it's awesome, man. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people love the club worldwide, but a lot of people don't know anyone in the city. Uh, despite that, which is kind of interesting. I wanted to ask you about that. If I could Farhad, um, oh. How do you how do you view um, 
the Juve, the Juve fan experience within the city of Turin, not with it, not in Italy, but like within specifically uh, Torino and Piemonte versus, you know, people abroad. We see a lot of, we just see on Twitter, there are a ton of people worldwide that follow the club, obviously. Um, that's gone up even more the past couple of years as, as Cristiano joined the club and there's more, there's more interaction on, on Twitter about the club, but you know, fundamentally, it's it's the club's been around for 125 years and has a huge place in the city of Turin. How do you view like that duality? Is is there a really big difference? Do a lot of people not understand it when they come to Torino for a game? No, look, I was uh, always, especially at the beginning, I was surprised by the level of knowledge uh, of Juventus from the international fans. I was expecting like a kind of uh, you know they are interested, but they are not much into that. In reality, there are a lot of Juventus fans everywhere in the world that knows a lot, and they really leave Juventus with uh, with a lot of passion, just like us uh, from from Italy, of course. Um, and then another thing I want to say is that uh, normally international fans, they, when they come to Turin, they, they normally stay in Milano, in Roma, Florence. They don't plan to spend a lot of days in Turin, but because they they never been there. But when Big they mistake. come, they see. Yeah, they see that the city is actually very nice and uh, one day is enough, maybe it's not enough. So next time they stay three days because Turin is actually beautiful. And uh, uh, of course, I, I was born here, so I love it in a special way. But uh, from what I understand, the Farah, you can, you can confirm. Absolutely. Uh, everybody is in love with the city when they come. Huh? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we went there with Saeed as a part, you know, just a, a very quick trip. It wasn't planned. It was like a week planning maybe and that's how we like to do things uh we went there for the game between real madrid and juventus juventus and real madrid i should say the 2-1 uh win um may 5th i want to say yeah um, that's right i mean we were sitting in curva suit mauricio's around turin was still kind of young uh beginning but even back then we already knew that the experience was was something extraordinary uh, and now, with the improvements that he's made, with uh, obviously uh, so much money and so much uh, personal investment that he's put in, it's become it's become way bigger than we, you know we saw in 2015. And I can't wait to go back. We're, 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 we will plan a trip as a Turin Giants crew is coming to Turin. Turin I guarantee you that. That's good. Um, and Maurizio has this, for it. absolutely, man. It's going to be so much fun. Ma- Maurizio's put in personal touches in everything and. And I've, I have not heard any bad, uh, bad experiences. Honestly, I'm not just saying that Maurizio is my personal friend. I consider, I mean, we, we've hung out with family. So that's, um, it's, it's a friendship I am, I am really fond of and I'm really happy what he's done with, the, um, with his awesome project. Before we get into more, um, oh, sorry, my phone is acting up. Uh, th- this question on Twitter, uh, thank you all for, for posting your questions, actually. Uh, my, my, our friend, Inconvenient Truth, first of all, I want to welcome him, welcome him to the Turin Giants family. Uh, he'll be on the podcast here and there. His uh, main objective will not be podcasting, though. But um, um, if you guys want to join, uh, follow him at I, letter I, Truth98. Um, uh, he posted a question for Maurizio. And by the way, uh, sorry, Farhad, this guy's more anonymous than Giovanni. This guy is, this guy is like totally off the grid. He's, 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 you know, I, you know, at least Giovanni gives his first name. We don't, we don't know anything about this guy or I don't anyway. So it's going to stay that way. This guy is like the myth of Mr. Truth is going to live on. He's yeah. Mr. Truth, Mr. Truth is a fan favorite. You know, when I announced that we, we were snatching him for, and bringing him over to the dark side. People are really happy and people actually confirmed what with the reason I brought him on is because he's he's anonymous but he brings uh good Juventus opinions and he discusses things and I can confirm with, I can confirm he Yeah with, without making anything personal and, and you know recently Twitter has been kind of negative and people people started getting personal and I was Recently? Like, yeah Just I mean, recently. I, I know but Juve Twitter was Juve Twitter was always kind of um uh, kind of laid back, but now it's gotten a lot. You know, I've I've read some nasty things, yeah. including about you know me yeah, and my Yeah, because we are, we were always winning. Now that we start to lose, 
it's going to be worse and worse. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that. But uh, regarding around Turin, uh, Mr. Truth, he has a question. Uh, very curious to know how Maurizio's uh, managed to maintain business throughout the pandemic and if he's had to pivot or uh, change something or halt things altogether. Um, he's saying hi to you and he says that you're a fixture in the Juventus community and says... Yeah, says he's, a, he's a very nice guy and I always like to, to read his takes. Uh, well, guys, to be honest, uh, I think it's important you understand that this is not my job. Uh, I am an engineer. I do completely different things. I work as a business development manager in the railway industry for a big company, international company. Mm -hmm. And around Tuning is just an hobby, a uh, side hobby. And I do it with passion, as I said before. Of course, there is some, uh, some income, as I said before, from some sponsors. And they are still there because uh, the digital world doesn't stop with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, the travel agency will help me to, uh, to increase even more when people will start to travel, offering different services. But uh, please be aware that uh, this is not my job. It's just an hobby that I, I do with passion. I have to say, Maurizio, you are the prototypical Torinese person. <laughs> you're a you're an engineer who works in business development. That's the most like Torino. Yeah. That's like the most Torino thing ever. It's a super industrial city. Your side project is a passion project about U of A. How much Barolo do you have in your house? Uh, I drink a lot. I, I, I probably drink too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned the city of Torino, and actually, I forgot to mention something. When we went there, you know, like Maurizio said, you know, Milan and Roma, and all, you know, all of the beautiful cities in Italy. But Torino is what they call like a hidden gem because for two, three days, it was a wonderful experience. It was stress-free. Um, there's a story I like to tell with with Said. We ran into some Torino fans. It was literally like one in the morning. We were, we were just walking around, enjoying the city. Um, the guys helped us find the place that we needed. They were courteous. The city is completely crime-free. And I, I, obviously there's a little crime, but if you're, if, you're, if you're used to walking through large cities, you know there's some kind of a, you know, a little dangerous side to it. But Turin was just so welcoming and so... Um, you know, so, that's where I'm looking for, so safe and beautiful. I don't want to ruin your uh, fair tale, but uh, <laughs> it's not uh, so super, super safe. But you need to be careful, absolutely, for like Absol every city. Absolutely, but, but comparing to others, other places, it was, it was really peaceful and two, three days just flew by. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of stuff to do, a lot of educational stuff. Uh, even when a lot people, of museums, a lot of nice museums, of museums. There too as well. and, and even when people party, it's such a peaceful atmosphere. I mean, we're drinking prosecco out in the streets with with the legend Luca. Everybody knows. Yes. Luca. Um, I love how I love how you just casually throw in that there's, there's there's a little bit of crime. A little bit of crime is good. A little bit of crime is good for you. It's it's, <laughs> it's good for the balance of a city. I listen. I, I I concur. I concur. What Farhad is saying. I actually wanted to ask you about that, Maurizio. Uh, I wanted you to describe the city of Turin a little bit because a lot of people do come to you know watch Juve, obviously, as you mentioned, and they're a little bit surprised by how much they like the city and they want to come back. Um, maybe just kind of elaborate on what it is you love about the city. Uh, maybe kind of on the culinary, yeah, side, yeah. cultural, sure. And Juve's role within the city. Maybe mention something about the, the services that you provide that, that has to do I mean, with the guys, city as yeah. opposed to Juve. Turin has, uh, is, first of all, the first capital of Italy. And, that, and with that comes a lot of history and architecture in the city. We have uh, beautiful buildings. Uh, the, the city center is part of the UNESCO heritage list. Uh, a lot of museums, the Egyptian museum, which is uh, after the one in Egypt, the, the biggest in the world. Uh, we have the cinema, we have cars, we have the city of the chocolate. Uh, if you think about a martini to drink, it's done in Turin. If you think about Nutella, it's done a few kilometers south of Turin. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of uh, beauties, a lot of things. And uh, uh, that's why I put everything into this digital book. Guys, you need to have it because it's absolutely, absolutely. amazing. Yeah, when, when, when traveling comes back, I would definitely uh, come and, you know, maybe with family this time to explore the city. Um, I, I, by the way, I, I, I've, I've visited many cities in Italy just when I, when I go see my family, I like to go around a little bit. And I, I always said, 
first city, one of the first cities that I really took a liking to outside of Montreal, like that I took a personal liking to was Naples, Napoli. It's chaotic, right? Crazy city. I went to Torino and I actually think that it might be my favorite Italian city. And I never thought, and I never would have thought that would have been possible. Uh, and it's so funny because they're, they're so opposite, but it's like, I like them for so different, for such different reasons. It's yeah. so peaceful. The air is fresh. You're in the, you know, you, you have, you're in these giant piazze surrounded by the Alps. Um, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's so tranquil. That's, that's one thing I loved about it. The fact it's industrial, I think gives it a little bit, gives it a little bit less sex appeal yeah, to some but, people but from abroad. But changing, Sam. That is changing as well because uh, Fiat, uh, the biggest factory we have, used to have uh, 200,000 employees in the 1970s. Now we are down to 20,000. So it's a big uh, change compared to, um, to a few decades ago. Uh, now we have a, a lot more uh, services company, uh, a lot of IT companies. So it's changing for the best, I must say. But I, I and I like that. I like that it felt. I like that it felt so so uh, cosmopolitan. Isn't the word, but it felt very. Um, actually, I, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's a very modern city, which goes against a lot of stereotypes that people have of of Italian cities. And it's a very nice. It's a very nice, refreshing experience. Uh, you know what? You're I like coming about from it? the chaos of other of other cities, like Definitely. you know, Roma has its chaos. Napoli has chaos. And the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of people like to visit these cities when they go to Italy, but I, I fucking encourage people to go up and check out the city yeah. of Torino. And I, well, I also enjoyed the fact that when you go there as a, as a long life, um, uh, you know, Juventino, like a, exactly. As a fan of Juve, you go there expecting it to be all about Juventus and, and, you know, expecting the city to be all about, supporting one team but when you get to 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 Turin it's just they they separate they know how to separate the football and the, yeah. you know the there is a literally no one working in the streets with a Juve jersey yeah. Uh, yeah not even on match day on match day only people going to the stadium eventually they use the jersey the kit otherwise they won't see it yeah the city is very clean and 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 football free on the game on the you know non game days uh Maurizio let me Welcome you. Let's let's get to some um, really Cheers. good questions. Cheers, buddy. I love how Farhad is just um, you know you again you, you guys can't see Farhad is just fucking casually in a Mexican hotel room. He's like he's like he's, he's, he's like a Soviet reincarnation of Tony Montana cracking the Dos Equis. And, hey man, and not not everybody can do legitimate business like Maurizio. You know we're, come on, we're not we're, you're not Junior Agnelli here. You know soon. Um, do you think they will open a curva and name it after Maurizio? What do you think? On board, sure. I'll sign uh, that petition. I can't tell you already, no. <laughs> uh, you know, people, people at Juventus, they don't uh, love me for a number of reasons. Yeah, uh, I got a number that. of troubles over the years. Now the situation is becoming better, but definitely they won't name a fool after me. <laughs> well, well, it's going to be an unofficial name. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of dealt with the whole, you know, Juventus becoming a corporation. They made us changed the name of our podcast, which I was okay with. It was kind of time to move on and, and start our own sort of brand. And speaking of that, uh, go to TurinGiants.com, check out uh, our Twitter at TurinGiants and also the Juventus, uh, the, the, the Turin Giants podcast page at uh, Juve Podcast and everything on social media. I don't want to take up the time promoting our stuff, but uh, let's take a couple of questions from Twitter. This is from our friend Z. He used to uh, uh, contribute historical events on the on the Juve podcast so I want to say hello to him um, from the numbers I'm seeing uh, Dipardo Di looks like a tremendous talent do we keep him or does he unfortunately just become plus Valenza for for Juve uh, Dipardo like uh, many others uh, young promising players uh, uh, the future of this guy we don't know because uh, in every transfer session uh, the everything is fluid uh, many opportunities could arise uh, at some point, and the club will uh, definitely uh, try to consider them uh, as they come. Because uh, you, if you can do a big plus Valenza on, in a position where, for example, you are pretty much covered, for example, in the next two, three years, normally Juventus will do that. Uh, then, of course, a player like Fagioli, for example, is a different profile because uh, you can see that he's a probably uh, a different level. So before you sell a player like that, it must, uh, there must be a very strong reason behind. Players like uh, Di Pardo or, or others from, from the under-23, under 
uh, it's still premature to understand if they can really play an important role at Juventus. Uh, think about this. Normally, uh, in Serie, Serie C team, uh, where Juventus under, under 23 is playing, mm-hmm. a very small percentage of them, of the players, can reach Serie A. Uh, it's a very small percentage. So, mm-hmm. if you take 25 players out of Juventus, maybe five, six of them will uh, will play uh, in a constant way for Serie A. Well, let's 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 discuss our coach, our current coach, Andrea Pirlo. Are you one of the one of the people who just take it as it is and and see where where this project takes us? Or, I mean, I sort of know the answer to this question. Or are you the reactionary fan who are you're, 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 are you hashtag Pirlo out and uh, what's, what's your current state of, of our club? Are you, are you in panic mode or we're just waiting? No, I'm not in panic mode. I mean, uh, when, uh, when Pirlo was announced, we were all expecting a difficult uh, year ahead. Uh, it's not that like now, just because uh, we are, uh, uh, we advance in Champions League, we want Coppa Italia, then everything changed. We are still in a difficult year for a number of reasons, not only because of the new coach, but for, for many variables that are happening this year. So to me, uh, even if today it doesn't look like a perfect choice for a number of reasons, I would say it doesn't make sense to me that it will be changed again next season because then we will restart the game from zero. I would like to have a Pirlo coach from the beginning of the season with the right time for him to really train with the guys. I would like the management to give him the proper players that he needs in certain key positions. And then we can judge after one, two years. Uh, it's a little bit too premature. Um, if you think at all the big coaches, it took time for them to, to be successful, except the very, very few cases. So to me, Pirlo, in a season like this, uh, with a lot of young players, a lot mm-hmm. of new players as well, uh, to me, is uh, doing uh, pretty well. Uh, everything considered. Huh? I agree. I think, I think that he would get a lot more, he would rack up a lot more good faith if he just showed a little bit of uh, uh, a divergence from his ideas that he's kind of been trying to implement for a while, if that makes sense. I think it's very obvious that it's very obvious that a lot of the things that he's been trying to do haven't, I mean, haven't paid dividends playing a number of players out of position has proven problematic. I think in a lot of ways. And I think if he acknowledges that and shows, and again, maybe he finds it too difficult based on the players he has and the lack of depth in midfield. But I think if he does, yeah, I think if he does, make a concerted effort to, to make some kind of change, then I can at least look at him and say, okay, this is a guy who acknowledges that there's a problem. I feel better about it. If he's stu- stubborn to the point of continuing to try the same thing over and over again, which is Einstein's definition of insanity, then I'd yeah. be a little bit scared. Sam, I, Sam I, I agree with you. Uh, on the other side, uh, now we, are, we all see that Bentancourt cannot play in that position, but he doesn't have any any anyone to to play in that position at the moment. Uh, if you think about uh, the number nine, we we have no number nine at the moment. We even miss the backup of the number nine. So that's a, a really a, a big gap that uh, he, he took from from, uh, from the beginning of the season. And another one that I see that is pretty evident uh, as a left wing. We always play someone that uh, never played the, the left wing. There. Exactly. So, and that's not on Pirlo, to be honest. Uh, so, I understand all this discussion, but I also would like to see the say full squad. Uh, what happens? I doubt that uh, we'll be asked to Bentancourt to play in the way he's playing now. We we'll probably mm-hmm. play in a different position because we either use uh, Bonucci or uh, or Arthur uh, or, or or Quadrado to to advance a little bit with the ball. So I, I know our listeners would be upset if I if I didn't ask you. Uh, give me top three, off the top of your head. Um, who do you think will be able to strengthen the team, uh, out of players that are available, out of players that are kind of circulating in the in the in the rumor mill right now? Who are your? Uh, but, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, you want to 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 dream or what? Because uh, to be honest, for at the moment uh, there are no money balls. So if you want, I can tell you my. Ideal names. 
Let's do, let's do realistic, let's do realistic okay. and unrealistic. Yeah, but unrealistic, I would like uh, Haaland as a, as a tucker. Uh, I would like to, to see Pogba back because I think he can still uh, give a lot to us. The, 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 correct, the correct terminology is you would like to see Pog back. Uh, sorry, Maurizio. Pog yes. back, yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and uh, someone uh, maybe as a left back to replace or right back to replace one of our full backs. Uh, I think that could be a good uh, step uh, yeah. on the way forward, at least. But uh, the point, guys, is that, uh, as, you went, as you know very well, there are no monies. Absolutely no money. Even the next transfer session will be strange. Uh, it will be mainly based on uh, on loans or uh, exchange players. Mm -hmm. Very few teams uh, will be able to spend the big money. Bayern, Manchester City, PSG maybe. But beside this, uh, it's going to be a very strange and boring uh, transfer market. So for Juventus, don't, don't expect the things because uh, we will also see a number of players returning from loan. Uh, Rugani, De Ciglio, Douglas Costa, between others. And uh, if we are not able to loan them again, or because forget about selling them, uh, then uh, it will be even difficult to, to get new players in the squad. And then looming over luckily, all of this is the... Uh, no, sorry, go on, go on. No, no, luckily while I was finishing, we, we have built so far, and meanwhile, a pretty young team. So I would expect that uh, this younger player next year will become more expert and able to manage, for example, uh, the last 20 minutes in Verona. Because uh, yeah. with a more experienced team, uh, we would have won easily that day. You would hope so. But I, I think looming overall, this is the fact that <laughs> you, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo in your team who's, who's commanding yeah. an astronomical wage. And yeah, he brings, in, he brings in revenue. Sure, maybe it's a zero-sum case or maybe even there's, 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 a net positive, there's a net positive outcome there. But I think that it adds, it adds maybe a little bit of undue pressure based on the rest of the team. Based on, based on how the squad is, Cristiano aside, I think we're probably not in a position to challenge for, for the Champions League, certainly not. But having Cristiano there puts this undue pressure. And I think that it almost... I think I think it's almost. You know, I enjoy having him in the team. He's he's a forty classe, like we say. But in a, in a lot of ways, I think it almost acts as a negative distraction. Um, speaking of speaking of Ronaldo, fucked up. Maritza, what's your uh, what's your take on the upcoming Porto game? Just honest. Do no, I think we will. Uh, I think we will advance. I'm uh, pretty. I mean, in the end, we need a one zero, and even if we will. Uh, uh, concede a goal. I'm pretty sure that this team uh, uh, will uh, will be able to to to, to score too. Uh, now we will start to see some players, key players coming back. Kellini, uh, Quadrado, Vanilo, uh, hopefully Arthur. Uh, so I think uh, against Porto we will have a pretty good uh, good chance to advance. The point so, is, of course, uh, what will happen next because uh, yeah. with this type of team, uh, as uh, Sam said. Uh, uh, the probability of success in Champions League are extremely low. Uh, clearly, in a Champions League competition, anything can happen, especially if you find the right alchemy uh, towards March, April, because literally anything can happen. But uh, we start from a very low probability of success at this point. I agree, and and it's it's it would be it would be very. <laughs> It would be very typical of us this season to come back uh, against Porto because it's, it's been one of those crazy years just of inconsistency and up and down and high emotions and low emotions, more low emotions than high. But there have been a couple of a couple of glimpses. And and what and I and I hate that because whenever it happens, it just keeps me around for a little bit more. And it, it, it's like that little flicker of hope that makes me think, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Yeah. Like that Torino, like that Torino win. In December, when Bonucci scored late on, I was like, you know, mm. we, we beat a terrible Torino side. I, I know it's a big match with it being a derby yeah. and all, but they're a terrible team. But uh, because because it was such an enthralling result, I was like, oh my god, I think this could be it. I think I think I think we could we could finally build off of this. And then you know, a couple of weeks later, they, we lost to Fiorentina, but then we beat Milan, and no, I thought no, this yeah, could yeah. be it. And then we lost to Inter, but then we beat them in the Copa, and I thought this could be yeah. it. And you know, it's. Yes. But what? if you think that uh, if you think that uh, starting from 2021, so far we only did one point less than Inter. Okay, so clearly 
even this, even if uh, we lost against Napoli and uh, we drew against Verona, that means that uh, really the gap today is uh, is because of the point that we lost at the beginning of the season. Uh, so this, in a one way, gives some hope. Perhaps uh, on the other side, uh, to be honest, we know Conte. We know that when Conte is in such a of a dominant situation, even four or five points, he will, guys, he will give his everything to keep these points till the end. He's gonna, and plus they only have Serie A, so definitely every game will be like a final for them. So uh, at this point, definitely is not only on us. That's pretty clear. And to to expect that Inter will lose points, I don't think uh, is different from the last years where uh, it was. Easily to expect that this year ev- everything looks like uh, going towards uh, Inter winning the champion of the, the, the Serie A uh, because of content, because uh, the right alchemy was able to uh, to build within the team. Huh? Because Inter at the moment is a strong team. Just he's also a in my mouth. Yeah, he's also had extra motivation because you know clearly Juve is you know. Winning against Juve would be a would be like winning two Scudetti for them. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. And I, I actually wanted to ask you something, both of you, because you guys are a little bit older than me. Uh, I say I say that I say that with all due respect. Let's, let's leave the questions um, for the guests. I nobody cares. Right, about sad, it. Yeah, look at me. I'm young. You're, yeah, you're, you're a handsome man. Well, well, maybe maybe you want to go after uh, Bonyani on Twitter, who who asked you why you shaved your head, and you came back at him saying, "What are you talking about? Look at this, look at this right, right. luscious head of hair I've got." <laughs> But you know why? Because I don't like when these areas are growing. He's I pointing to his sides. I cannot hear this. So I had to cut them every every 10 days or two weeks. And I cannot mm-hmm. always go to the barber shop. And it's mm-hmm. also expensive. So I cut everything in this batch. Uh, you, you, could, you could do what I do. I learned to cut hair when I was 17 just because I was a psycho who, who wanted to have a fresh fade on all the time. And now I do it myself. And I started – and I accidentally became a barber for my friends. It was oh, a, nice. That's, really. that's, that's, that's the only risk. That, yeah, there's a real risk. If your friends find out that you can give haircuts for cheap, they'll probably come to you and you'll feel bad saying no. So do it at your own caution. But I digress. <laughs> um, question for you both. I'm not going to ask you if you think that we can come back and win the Scudetto. I'm not going to do that because it's very difficult. We all are on the same page. But if we did, in theory – Somehow, if we went against the trend of everything, if we went against the evidence of everything we've seen so far, where would it rank among all-time Scudetti for you? Because for me, you know, I, I'm born in 1997. I don't remember 2001. Was it 2001? When, Two. when what, 2002? Cinque Maggio, when uh, Fenomeno yeah. Ronaldo was crying. Okay, well, I don't remember that. But as uh, people, again, I say this with all due respect, but when people your age talk about that, it's like the pinnacle of their fandom ever because it was Inter, it was the final day, it was a big comeback. Giovanni was talking last week or two weeks ago about how he cleaned his school principal for 300 euro because he was a Fiorentina fan and they bet uh, that Juve would and wouldn't win the title. Um, where would this Scudetto rank among uh, among our... The last nine? The among, last our most, among our most... No, among our most satisfying ever that you guys can remember? Uh, I can start, Farah. Um, Go ahead. I remember very well the Cinque Maggio in 2002. So that was uh, definitely special. Uh, but it's far away. So some, it's a kind of, I don't uh, recall all the emotions along the season. Okay. So I can uh, answer for these last nine years and a half. To me, still the best one, we remain the first. Uh, for the way I... I felt that uh, along the season. Of course, if we win this one, I uh, will be up there in the top uh, two, top three. Eh? No, no, no discussion about that. But the first one, guys, was a kind of a relief after what happened with Calciopoli. Uh, was a fighting team. You could see every game on the pitch. The atmosphere at the stadium was uh, something amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first three years, actually, with Conte were all amazing at the stadium. It wasn't the same after. So that, that first Scudetto for me was, uh, we remain probably the best. Fahad. Yeah, I mean, I no doubt out of last 10, um, there was a couple of forgettable ones, understandably, out of 10 Scudetto you're not going to remember and cherish all of them uh, the same way. But this, this, if it does happen, which let me just go on record, um, you, you, as a fan, you do believe in miracles because they do happen. But with this team, with the, with the rebuilding, something extraordinary has to happen for us to win it. Uh, just I think just need to concentrate on the Champions League games 
uh, especially since we do have the Mr. Champions yeah. League on our team, yeah. and uh, try to get the best position. But I'm not saying we're giving up. We do believe, and, you know, Finale Fina is not just, you know, UV fans do um, believe. Yeah. And Farah, I want to point out one thing about this, because I think it's important. You, you, you mentioned the word the rebuild, and we are actually rebuilding. Uh, and we are doing, hopefully, in a clever way, uh, because uh, Inter and Milan, they they needed 10 years to go back to compete for the Scudetto after last time they won. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we will be able to do that in a much uh, faster way. Uh, actually, even so. this year, we are... Uh, even this year, we are still competing. And by the way, this year we won a Supercoppa and we are in the final of Coppa Italia. So imagine if uh, we are doing all this to change uh, our course, to rebuild and still winning a couple of uh, Coppa. Uh, yeah. So it's not that bad. Huh? It's, no, it's no, hard. No. I, I think it's hard for people to accept for two reasons. One is the fact that, again, you, you have Cristiano on the team, which I think is this like undue pressure. I call it yeah. undue pressure because there's no real reason why you look at the team and you think they should be world beaters. You, you look at them and you say they're 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 a good team, but they're they're you know they're going to have trouble against against a number of top sides um, because of lack of experience and depth and the fact that we don't have eleven Kiesas on the field all the time, uh, which would be that that would that would be that would be that would be the quickest solution maybe if we could clone uh, clone Federico Chiesa ten times, but mm -hmm. um. Look, I, I I think there's there's also the fact that like we're first of all we're we're, we're rebuilding on the fly. You know what I mean? We we did we didn't scrap everything. We didn't you know we didn't tear up the playbook. We we decided that we would be doing it as best we could given our resources. Uh, Maurizio, you mentioned that we had a couple of guys on the on the payroll that had to go and that we really had no takers for Douglas Costa, De Chilio, Rugani. We were we've been doing it on the fly. We haven't been able to properly. You know, um, yeah. What's, what's the word in English? We haven't been we haven't been able to we haven't been able to 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 offload, reap the fight. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to to reap the financial benefits of 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 offloading yeah. of offloading some pretty crucial players, and as a result, the whole rebuild has been on the fly. And I think it's hard for people to accept. Again, so there's the there's the fact that Cristiano's in the team. There's also the fact that we won the Scudetto last year. However, if we're being honest. I mean, if I had Maurizio last year, the Scudetto no, was one in already, It was one in we spite. We were lucky. Yeah. It was one in spite of it. We were lucky to win it already last year, Sam. You are right. It was uh, one in spite of everything Maurizio, uh, Maurizio Sarri did. It was, one of, it was one in spite of it. We probably should have started rebuilding the year before, which is what Allegri wanted. We told him to go kick rocks, but in the end, he was probably right. You know, so. we, we, I mean, we make mistakes, and we, we have to underline that because... Uh, uh, the transition year we had with Sari, it was a mistake. Not because of Sari, but because uh, in the end, it didn't work well. So we could have used that year to try a different approach. Uh, like uh, this year, I also see other mistakes. Uh, for example, the fact that we miss a uh, backup for our striker. And suddenly we, we play the, the, the key games without an attacker. That is a big mistake. Mm -hmm. But also, guys, if you think that last year we made a... Uh, we, we got an injection of 300 million euros from the market. The target of that money was to rebuild the team uh, around Ronaldo according to the desire of the, of the coach. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, COVID came and uh, that it was became a, a shield against it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there was a plan. The plan was better than, uh, than what we have now, but we need to deal with that. That what I'm saying is that, okay, I'm always uh, uh, very much positive, but what I'm saying is that uh, still we have a bunch of promising kids in our team uh, that are still fighting on all the competition without having uh, the proper time to train all together because uh, you, you, do, you don't have time to, to train any this year. Yeah. No, and you know what? And Inter have been rebuilding for two years. They started this rebuild to get to the point for they're at. Ten years, yeah. Ten years, <laughs> for for, for ten years, pay, yeah. they, they've been doing it. Well, they've been doing it well for two years, pretty much since Conte came yes. in. They splurged big money on Lautaro and on 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 Lukaku. That that was kind of, I mean, that was money something that would have been. They still have to pay, yeah. By the way, they yeah, still yes, have to pay for yeah. They they have like two three hundred million euros in outstanding yeah. debts, and and soon and Suning, I think has. Uh, t -t 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 what, what's the team in China called? Gang Gangju Suning, I think, has gone under as well. So, bodes terribly for them. I have no idea how that's going to pan out. I hope that. So, let's see what will happen. Combust, but, uh, but Serie A is, is in chaos at the moment for a number of reasons, and the financial situation of Inter is one of them. Let me, let, me ask you, let, me, let me ask you an organizational question. The hoodie that you're wearing, the Around Turin hoodie, 
Where can people go and go and buy it? No, this is just a try. Uh, you know, my my friend uh, Lele doing the tattoos. Yep. Uh, he's helping me with uh, printing some stuff, and uh, if everything goes well in the next week, we will have something out. But it's not really to to do money for us. Oh, uh, uh, just uh, just for the friends around, uh, if they want one, uh, no problem with that. But it's not for money. But for but 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 Turin um, around Turin merch is gonna sell like hotcakes. I'm telling you. You gotta, you gotta bring I don't it. Know, I don't. <laughs> if you want, if you want a hoodie, maybe, uh, maybe you can, uh, maybe you could snag him some yayo. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, you, I'm, you, you, you look like you look like. Uh, <laughs> by, the, by the way, I wish, I wish listeners could get a visual of this. Like Farhad is, Farhad is in like this bright stucco Mexican room in a tank top. The phone just rang. I don't know if you guys heard that on on I'll your. Take a screenshot. He's, he's getting, he's getting. Yeah, please do. He's getting a delivery. <laughs> he's getting, he's getting, he's getting. Some, he, he he had somebody call him up saying. Yeah. He's getting, Delivery. He's got to come down and fetch some yayo. Um, by the way, Farhad, I'm so unsurprised that that you think that this would be the most satisfactory scudetto that we that you could ever remember. Because uh, Maurizio and listeners, for the last like three months, every time we would lose a game, Farhad's like first text in our group chat is, "Fuck, these are all the issues that I see. This sucks." The second text is then, "However, yeah. how amazing would it be if if if." If Daddy Pirlo with his big beard Papa, Papa could uh, could come in and still snag the Scudetto, how satisfying would it be now? Like every time we get a little bit further back, he's like, ooh, but the remontada, the, the, mm-hmm. what, what do the Spaniards say? The, la, la remontada would be even more satisfactory. Well, yeah. I, I, also, I also try to think in, in terms of this is life. You know, you will, maybe, you, maybe you won't win 10 in a row. So if it means that Pirlo will be – will become a bigger fixture at Juve. He will get the players that he requests. We're all here for drama. You know, we can't change anything that Juve does. So we I, like well, I like stability. I like stability. I know, but we might as well sit back and enjoy the process and see what happens. Maybe we uh, are extremely spoiled, Farad. We are extremely absolutely. spoiled. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, it's not the end of the world. In the last 10 years, uh, always winning. And we are, uh, we should be forever. <laughs> Gratitude for this to Juventus because uh, our life is uh, somehow short and 10 years of our life uh, we have been winning and have laughed about all the other clubs. So Absolutely. we cannot always win. Of course, nobody likes to lose uh, if the players don't put all the passion on the field, they don't fight. Of course, nobody does. But mentally, for the players, even for the young ones, to be in a team that is winning uh, since nine years, mm-hmm. it's uh, tremendously difficult, guys. It's difficult to win three in a row, two in a row, four in a row. Yeah. I mean, what we've been doing is just out of the Milan have been tr- Milan have been trying to win one. Yeah, that. exactly. So, um, Maurizio, let me throw you a few players and you give me two, three sentence answers. You know, I know people uh, value your opinion and you do such a great job of providing your opinion on on social media. Uh, and your Instagram is really active. You, you, you've perfected the the instagram stories and you share you're you're doing a lot of great things on social media so um let let me throw a few players and let me uh, sam will if i don't mention someone sam will help me out so uh locatelli what do you think about him it's a good profile uh just uh, is asking a lot of money for him 40 million seems to me a lot uh so for that price uh, i'm not so sure I would pay that price. Um, I would pay that price. I, I think it's. I think he's absolutely what we need right now. I think he's a big thing that we're lacking. I think, uh, as Maurizio said earlier, Artur is currently the only midfielder that can really carry the ball up uh, twenty yards. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I pay that. I thought forty million for Chiesa was a lot. I'm happy I was wrong. I hope that if we were to spend that amount on Locatelli, a similar result could be expected. I hope. Yeah, um, my, my only concern, Sam, is that. Uh... Um, playing for Sassuolo. No, but beside that, also playing for Sassuolo will be definitely different than playing for Juventus. So uh, that, that that will be a big challenge for for uh, for Locatelli. Lucas Kuluzeski is doing pretty well, still not so much. But uh, last year with Parma, he was having a lot of space in front of mm-hmm. him, and he was mm-hmm. devastating the defense. Now a bit younger, Juventus, but yeah, different. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Mr. Fagioli, let me let me ask you: Are people overhyping him? And uh, you know, no. Given, no? Fagioli is a great profile. We need really? to to trust mm-hmm. in the process. We need to. It can be our next Marquisio. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, uh, the next two three years will be decisive for him. Uh, so he has to do the right steps. 
I think he's a very good guy. He has a good family behind him. Juventus is trusting him. Uh, so I think we will have a good satisfaction with Fajoli. So, good. yeah, he awesome, awesome. So you give him, you give him the thumbs up. He, he, he also, he also seems to be one of those players who loves Juve. All his, all his comments. You know, there you get, you get the players that post on social media and they do the, the, the regular uh, statements and stuff. But with him, yeah. you, can, you can definitely see that he does have the love yes. for the team. Um, a couple of people asking about. Uh, Bernadeschi, you know, it's, everyone knows what's the deal, but we want to hear from you. What, what, what are your thoughts? Bernadeschi doesn't, uh, to me, he's not able to uh, to keep the pressure of playing at Juventus. Uh, he's probably a good technical player, but not for a team like Juventus, probably from a low um, mid-table uh, Serie A team or something like that. Would we, uh, be able, would we be able to get any money out of him? No, at this point, no. At this point, no. I think uh, uh, Bernadeschi also had a lot of chances huh? because uh, we are giving him a lot of chances. I think at the moment, uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, he still has uh, one year and a half or, uh, mm -hmm. to, to, to the contract ex expiration. So probably he will stay with us unless uh, there will be a loan. But uh, uh, from what I understand, he will stay here. He's he's definitely still lucky. He's definitely lucky to still be at Juve. Um, Weston McKinney, the Torino Cowboy. Big surprise to me. Uh, mm -hmm. I like him. Uh, mm -hmm. He needs to learn how to be more consistent over the season, uh, because uh, in the last uh, two months, it cannot only be this uh, flu yet. I mean, uh, the the performance went a little bit down compared to the first part of the season. So. If he learned that, and he can because he's very young, then he can be a very, very good player for Juventus. Plus, he's also texting me sometimes over Instagram, so he's a good guy. Ah, nice. Um, can, I, can, you can you divulge? Can you divulge? Well, we're not just going to gloss over that. Please, do, do, do tell. <laughs> or do you not kiss and tell? He's a... a, a, a He's given us the silence. He's given us the spirit. He's given us golden silence. No, well, I, 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 I prefer not to speak. Uh, I can tell you because uh, Maurizio has mentioned several times that the reason that players love playing at Juve is because, like I've mentioned, you know, Juve, uh, sorry, the, the people of Turin, they'd like to, they know how to separate um, Juventus from their everyday lives. So if they see players out and about, if there's no tourists, that are, you know, that are annoying the players. Uh, people of Turin pretty much let, let their players be. And I feel like Maurizio does the same with social media. It's, all, it's always exciting to get a message or whatever reply from a player. But I think he's, he's smart in giving them space as well and not, you know. Uh, but but uh, yes, but also because I have uh, the double of their age. So uh, I don't want to feel or uh, act like a teenager. I mean, uh, I... Uh, there's only yeah. so much you could talk about with a guy my age. I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a really challenge. It's been a really challenging hour for you, I'm sure. It's, it's, but who's a, a who? Who's the sorry? Sorry, Sam, I interrupted you. Who's no, no, who's that one player, Maurizio? That that makes you. Uh, I don't want to say weak in the knees, but you, you're starstruck when you see them. That's one player that you will always love because they're. They gave everything. No, for uh, yeah, no one in the current team for sure. Uh, uh, wow, that's I, a... uh, yes, to me, it's, it's a new generation. I mean, not even. Uh, I love Kellini, I love Buffon, uh, but for me, there is nobody like uh, Del Piero. For, let's say what Del Piero was for me. That's uh, that's pretty clear yeah. to me. There are a bunch of uh, nice players that I like today. Yeah, uh, I have a special passion for uh, for the league and the Miral, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, Demi that by the way, is a very, very nice uh, person. Uh, mm -hmm. I know him, uh, I know his agent. We met uh, pretty often in Turin. Uh, and uh, from what he tells me, is, uh, they are both, by the way, beautiful people. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think uh, Demi can, if he is able to grow, because he also needs to grow, uh, he can also become a very, very important player for Juventus. Fantastic. Thank you for that little insight. I think Sam had a question. Go ahead, buddy. I have one last one. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit different, but we're going to change, change, change the pace a little bit. Um, I want to know the craziest ultras story that you could think of that best exemplifies the relationship between the ultras in 
the ultras in the city of Torino and, and the club. What, what's the craziest story, the craziest, the craziest experience you've had with the ultras uh, in Torino? Obviously, the past couple of years, there's been quite a bit of, quite a bit of news about, about yeah. controversy. Can I, can, I, can I just say something be, before we start? Go ahead. Uh, when Maritza was trying to start the whole around terrain, he was, you know, we had a fan club in Los Angeles and he was messaging. Be careful to what you say. Be careful to what you say. <laughs> Definitely. No, he was, he was messaging us on Facebook and I see this guy who's, who's really, you know, who's part of the, cult, uh, you know, ultra, uh, ultra, curva suit. And he's, I see him with, you know, his face closed because I don't know why, because it's a scarf. And I thought, you know, a scarf like you wear because you were cold. And I was really kind of scared in the beginning because who's this, who's this guy messaging me? But, you know, obviously Maurizio turned out to be like the nicest guy. And it's funny because people, when, when he was getting started first, that was, he's like, people were confused because they thought he was an ultra or something, but he was really passionate. He would go to the games in a suit because he was coming from work and he was, he couldn't be further from being the crazy, you know, ultra guy, you know? The reason I'm, the reason I'm asking is because I actually assumed that there might've been some unsavory incidents with them, given that you're running something that might be a little bit, uh, yeah, uh, a little bit new wave. Borderline. Yeah. Uh, let's say that the uh, ultras world is a complicated world and not necessarily a bad one. Huh? Um, first of all, I'm not part of any ultras group. I always been to Kurva Sud and I sit with them because I like to sing and stand for 90 minutes, but, I'm not, a, uh, I, I don't belong to any group. And uh, you need to be careful with them, especially as you say, I have a lot of exposure. So they also sometimes uh, try to do uh, some uh, business with you. Uh, so once I had some uh, problem, no, no problem for me to discuss about that because this is what yeah. happened. It was at the beginning of my around touring journey, basically. And uh, we were playing in uh, Monchenklabak the game that we drew 1-1 with Lick Steiner scoring. Uh, it was season. a group stage game. And um, uh, as you know, at that time I was having a lot of, now I stopped that, but at that time I was having a lot of people asking for tickets, for tickets. And uh, one one uh, guy from uh, from Ultra, so, sorry, from the Curva Sul, from the Ultras, approached me and said, I can give you tickets, no problem. Uh, and he promised me 40 tickets. Uh, and of course, they were sold like this from people coming from all over Europe to Montchenkabak. Mm -hmm. But then when, <laughs> when I arrived there, there were no tickets and people already paid for that. Oh, uh, so imagine 40 people traveling to watch the game mm -hmm. and I had to manage this, explaining that, uh, you know. So I, I understood once again that uh, it's better not to deal with these kind of things. And, uh, and uh, since then, I completely stopped these kind of things. Yeah. Well, that was a good lesson. Well, you know what? The, 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 the experience of going to games with, and unfortunately, I haven't been back since. Sometimes you have like 30 people there. You know, you guys are hanging out in the parking lot and then you go somewhere, somewhere to eat. There's a whole process. Even like, 70, even 70. For 70 us. people, oh my 70. God. There's, you know, you guys organize football games and beautiful, you know, beautiful mountains. And the experience has really grown since we last went because we went, we, it was still fun. Don't get me wrong. There was maybe like 10 people with us. We, we drank all night after the game. Obviously, we celebrated the win against Real Madrid. We went to see Ronaldo. I, I saw Ronaldo for the first time, in, you know, play in person. It was a fantastic experience. But since then, it's gone. It's gotten a hundred times better. So, you know, hopefully when, when the times are, are, are back to normal, Curva uh, Giovanelia is going to be a new place. <laughs> Can't wait. I hope, Farah, I hope the, 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 the fans will be back at the stadium and they will be allowed to sing and to, and so, to do noise like, like before. Because uh, as you know, as you also said before, Sam, in the last two seasons, the stadium uh, wasn't the same at all. It was more like a library. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are uh, many things ongoing uh, between the club and the ultras, but it uh, looks like, uh, I honestly, I don't see things improving uh, when, when but let me let, back, huh? let me let me ask you a question. Um, this is way beyond what I know. So let's say that the ultras continue to, like, let's say um, the, the main ones, let's say they keep continue to go against the club. And if the club doesn't give in 
and they happen to maybe disappear from the stadium. Is there a new group that will come in that are less threatening, that are willing to, to do what the no. club says in the 21st mm. century laws and just sing, like, like Bayern, you know how the... the, the yeah, yeah, Bayern. but Farah, to do that, you need to be organized. It cannot be an initiative of one or five, ten people. It should be something organized by someone. So either the club, and this could be a way to go, huh? either the club itself try to have this approach and uh, have a kind of a Real Madrid sector behind the goal mm-hmm. where everybody wear a white T-shirt and sing the song that are uh, imposed by the club. This could mm-hmm. be one option. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise... Uh, uh, even when I go to Curva Sud and I want to sing, if I start to sing alone, I will feel like a stupid guy. Nobody will follow me because I, it's not organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, to have the, that kind of atmosphere, you need to be organized, either by the ultras or if you don't want them, you need to do it in a different way, like Madrid. or It's kind of fake way. But yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's probably the compromise that we need to accept. Well, I don't that's, know. That, that's a little there, different from what I was asking. I, 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 I meant, is there a group that is kind of waiting for one of those groups to dissolve? Uh, no. no, no, because uh, the way it is uh, uh, to, have, to have, let's say, to, to have a group and pretend to be, uh, you know, waiting for, for the, your, your next spot in Curva, mm-hmm. it doesn't work like this. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you want your place in Curva, if there are ultras there, you need to gain. You need to fight for that. Eh, for a- yeah, there is something Thank to you. be said. There is something to be said about the organic nature of ultra fandom. There's actually a documentary on Netflix that I'm probably going to review with my with with Nick, my 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 podcast, my podcast co-host. Is something we do on our pod now. It's a new thing we're doing. Um, but that's besides the point. I think there's something to be said about like the organic nature of ultra fandom and the fact that it's, it's, it's dirty, it's political, you know, there's, there's, there, there are feuds between each other because that's, that's just how people are in the world. Right. You know, any, anytime humans band together, there are problems. People have, people have organizational issues. People are trying to fund themselves. These are all just a bunch, a bunch of different, a bunch of different factors that are kind of floating around and that, that affect the relationship between ultras and, and football and the club. But in a lot of ways, I, I think it's, I think it's almost, it's almost more, it's almost more representative of the Italian experience. You know, Italy is an enigmatic place in a lot of ways. Um, it's a place of, of duality yeah. in some cases. And I think that's, it, it's, it's a cool juxtaposition that you get, you know, the beauty of football and the ugliness of, you know, some, some ultra, ultra culture. Yeah, uh, but you also... And the, and the, and the beauty of ultra culture too. You know what I yeah, mean? But you, you also have to progress with the, with the times. And I feel like they're, they, they, they can tweak their culture also if they need to, if they want to keep, you know, keep being a... I, I, only, I don't see I that only happening. Ask, uh, I only ask one thing to you and to everybody. Don't do the equation ultras equal bad because no, it's not, not the case. There are, of course, uh, bad people there as well, but there are also a lot of uh, very genuine people that like to support the team uh, in a proper way. That's what I want to remark, okay? I mean, when, when, we, came, when we came there, we sat in, in Curvasu during one of the biggest games of the season, and it was a great experience. Everybody was, everybody was nice. As long as you're not an idiot, nobody will pick on you. Nobody will, will look at you and say, oh, see, he's a tourist. He's from a different country and start, you know, being, first of all, you know, everyone's so friendly. It's not a big, it's not a big, uh, big area. So everyone's kind of close together. And, and it was a, it was a great safe experience. And I hope uh, when the pandemic is over, we'll, uh, are they saying that one last question? I know you have to go and Maurizio, you're the best man. Every time I ask you, uh, you're willing to come on and chat with us. So I really, really appreciate it. Uh, but let me ask you, is there any news on specific details on when the, play, uh, when the fans are coming back and what percentage? Probably not before next year. No, to me, there are extremely few chances that uh, in this season, uh, even uh, a thousand of people will be allowed to enter. So to me, this season will uh, be concluded like this with no fans. And probably from September, if meanwhile the things have progressed well, uh, we can talk about the 20, 25 percent uh, starting from September and then gradually grow. To so, me, to expect uh, people to travel like uh, was in the past, mm-hmm. we will have to wait until uh, probably 2022, like uh, spring or something like that. 
Gotcha. Awesome. Sam, anything to add? Well, uh, thank, thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this with us. And, uh, I, as I look back on, on my WhatsApp conversation with you from 2018, I noticed that I, it appears I ghosted you and you uh, told me you were going to the restaurant. And maybe that's why you've been haunted to this day uh, about the guy from yeah. Abruzzo who didn't show up at the pizzeria. So I just wanted to publicly apologize. And there we go. That it's very against my character to not answer. And I, I might have been ashamed uh, of the fact that I was running late or whatever. Or maybe I was scrambled. I actually don't remember what happened. But I, I, I feel like I need to publicly apologize to, all, to you in front of all the yeah. listeners. And, that's, uh, that's very good. Uh, and... Uh, and yes, no, know that the next time that I'm back, I will Sam, be busting you know, your balls. Yeah, and you know, I'm now probably known in the community as the guy that is giving free beer in front of the stage. <laughs> so you will have, you will have your. I missed beer out. Well. I missed out. Okay, oh, well, man. I'll tell you what. Maybe we'll have to get you on the cultural podcast sometime to uh, to shoot the shit with Nick and I. Anyway, if, <clears> if you be if you sure. be open to having, if you be open to to, to to having a conversation with a couple of kids. Um, I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, you were saying how how uh, it's a little bit hard to 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 fan to fan girl over Weston McKenney when he's like a guy who you probably can't even have a an, a normal adult conversation with. But and we're like the same age. But if 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 you're willing to if you're willing to if you're willing to put those differences aside, we we'd be we'd be honored to have you on uh, our pod as well. But uh, yeah, again, I I look uh, older, but I'm very young. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> he is the man who brings the Juventini of the world together. He's the man who gives you free beer. He's the man who will name one of the stands after. Let's just, let's, just, let's, just, let's, just, let's just get that, let's just get that, get that narrative I mean, going. He's a diplomat, gonna... man. He's a diplomat. He, yeah, he's a diplomat for, you, for Juventini around the world. He, he... Let's, let's get the hashtag Curva uh, Giovanelli keep going. And um, <laughs> hopefully we'll see just you. Make sure, just make sure you have two N and two L. Absolutely, okay. man. We're gonna have a big, big. It's a, it's a big last name, so we need a big old, you know, poster for it. Uh, you're the man. Thank you so much. I hope everyone in Italy Thanks is staying safe. I hope uh, uh, City of Turin will be back soon. I truly do love it, and I can't wait to be back and see you, Sam. Next time, hopefully, he'll uh, he'll actually hang out with you. Thank I'll you for coming on up, the podcast. Yeah. Is there anything you want to tell? Uh, just to finish up the, the podcast, any, any, anything that we missed as far as your announcements? Any, anything new coming? No, guys, I just want to thank you once again. And uh, I, I can't wait to, to meet you all again in Turin and have fun together. Thank you. By the way, the last time we talked to you, we just beat Atletico Madrid 3-0. So hopefully, the, hopefully the timing is perfect before. What the a great, what a what a great omen. You, we we didn't talk to him before Leo last year, right? Just to be clear. No, 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 we didn't. No. Okay, See, okay that's it. Has to be a tradition. <laughs> it bodes well, Mauricio. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Farad. Keep in touch and uh, and good luck uh, with everything. Ciao. Thank you so much. Ciao. Bye bye.